the After Work Drinks Club, a business podcast where I chat with influential movers and shakers, top achievers, and all-round incredible people. We explore how they've got to where they are and how you can too. If you want to level up, go make your order at the bar, pull up a seat at the table, and join in, because you belong here. I'm your host, Vanessa Sanyauke, the founder and CEO of Girls Talk London a global agency that empowers thousands of women to develop the skills and confidence to succeed in their careers and life. So if you're listening on your morning commute with a coffee, working from home with a cup of tea, or joining us for after-work drinks, consider this your time to laugh, learn, and level up. On the podcast today, we have Alex Manzi podcaster author and coach it's just like a real like a a moment of awakening and realizing like actually I'm very not okay with where I'm at in my life right now and I fell back on the bed and I started crying and she was like what's going on like why are you crying and I was like I could only say like I don't feel like myself I don't feel like myself and that that moment there is a real core moment that set me off on like this personal development journey so like where you are today is not where you're going to be in five years it's not going to be not going to be where you are in 10 years like just appreciate that see it for what it is just keep it moving hey everyone welcome back to the after work drinks club i'm so happy to have you here once again i'm really happy to share that i'm a brand ambassador for blue water for this series and today we're having a bit more of a nightcap today we are joined by alex manzi coach author and host of the In The Moment podcast. I really loved this chat with Alex as it spoke to me about how to manage my own well-being running my business. Taking care of yourself, your mental and physical health is so important. And Alex has a really good approach on how wellness and ambition can coexist. One of my favourite things about Alex is his easy breezy approach to life. He's super chill, but also gets things done. So take out your journal, Pour yourself a drink and enjoy this conversation with Alex Manzi. Alex, welcome to After Work Drinks Club. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited. Thank you for having me for, yeah, I mean, it literally is after work. So this is, uh, this is pretty apt, right? Yeah, really fitting. So let's kick off. Let us know, what are you drinking at the bar? Well. I had to go into the kitchen because the bar weren't serving it, but I've got a uh, fresh lemon and ginger tea. Ah, okay. So you're you're going for a bit of a mellow mellow vibe. Yeah, I see, I yeah. See. Do you know Do you know what it is? I, I don't actually really drink that much. That's probably the worst thing to say on this podcast. But I don't. I like I drink. I just not like a very casual drink. I'm a very uh, I don't know what would be less than casual. Just if I go out, I have a beer. Like, I'm not. I've, I've, I'm past all that I would like to think of that lifestyle is a uh, many years ago so I'm uh yeah and I, I was never, yeah but do you know I was never even really a big drinker then I say that like I was some sort of like crazy person I, was, I wasn't I've, I've never just really I guess I've always like, I like drinking I like having fun and going out and whatever but I've never I'm not I've never actually been a an after works drinks club type of person <laughs> yeah well I guess with, with with us with the podcast yeah I think it's it's a mix so some people like I've had coffee in in some episodes mm. hot chocolate wine it's, it's whatever vibe whatever vibe you're on actually this is the first no this is the second time I've not really had any alcohol so I've got a uh, blue water so they've mm. got these um really cool tonics so I've got like a lavender um tonic 
with some apple juice. So, yeah, I'll oh, join sick. you in there. Oh, in that good. I don't vibe. feel as bad now that I'm, I'm the only yeah, one Yeah, don't drinking. feel bad. It doesn't have to be everyday, <laughs> everyday wine or gin. But everyday yeah, turn up is, after work. <laughs> exactly. We can kind of take it, do a little chill down. Uh, what would be your um, toast in terms of toasting to the highlight of your year so far? So let's just do that toast for you. What would you say has been um, the highlight of your year so far? That's a very good question. The highlight of my year so far. I think, yeah. do you know what? Just putting more more belief into myself, I think has been quite a big one. Like it's probably quite deep, but like that's like so true right now because I've like invested in myself literally like I never have before. Like, and don't get me wrong, I've done, I've been on like the whole personal development journey. Like I've invested in myself that way, but I've literally like financially invested in myself in ways that I've never done before. And that's taken a lot of like, having belief in myself and what I do as a coach to like be able to do that so that feels quite it's like quite a nice feeling to be honest yeah oh that's awesome I think that that's 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 really dope I think I, I always say you know the best investment is in yourself so mm-hmm. you've been doing that yeah. cheers to you cheers to you cheers cheers I haven't actually tried this yet so be you haven't okay I need to sit mine actually Oh, yeah, it's been stewing that's for like good. 15 minutes in the mug, just letting all oh, the, the flavours no, It looks through. nice. Got loads of lemon there. I've gone down your rabbit hole. Yeah, your Instagram <laughs> is literally like, there's just so much positivity um, alone on your Instagram and your podcast. It's just phenomenal. And you've got a really interesting journey that I'd love to sort of do a deep dive into. But, you know, you're a coach, you're a podcaster, a writer, you've worked in broadcasting and your podcast has had a quarter of a million downloads. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Like that's (laughs) incredible. Um, And you've traveled so many interesting parts of the world and um, you've had some really cool guests on your podcast as well. And so I just really would love to sort of find out a bit more about what you do and, and, I think it's amazing. I think the work that you're doing is so important. So it's in terms of just helping people, you know, make positive change in their life is so crucial. And I'm really passionate about helping people to do that too as well. So I think it's really good to kind of see um, how you sort of approach things. But if we go back to like the beginning, and this is what I feel is so interesting about your career, what what I've done in my research. So you started out in broadcasting, Mm-hmm. Right. And then you worked for BBC One Extra. Right. So that's kind of a lot of people who want to get into broadcasting. That's kind of like the top, at least top three dream broadcasters. And you ended up working there. So what was that like? Um, yeah, it was sick. I mean, like, I, I don't want to like sugarcoat my whole journey like by making it sound like I just landed this job at One Extra. Yeah. Like I was um, before that I was working in advertising and before that I was working in marketing and events. And before that, I had about a million different jobs that I like from, you know, helping a family frame fit windows to like working in a factory to like delivery driving to like I literally just working in my uncle's shop, like so many mm-hmm. different things. So it's not like I just, you know, woke up one day and, and found myself with this incredible job. Like I've done lots yeah. of different jobs that have led me even to that job, which have which has then led me to the path I'm on now. Um, but yeah, essentially like the one extra thing came about cause me and my best mate Moz, we had a music blog back in the day called We Are SME and we built up like a bit of a, a bit of an online following. But what we didn't know is that online following was coming from within the music industry. And, um, yeah. because we were really like on the front foot. So this was like 2010, we were like really on the front foot with like new music, who is dropping what, like reviewing albums, like discovering new artists. 
And we, we basically built up that plus through like some of the club nights we were doing. We built up like a bit of a cult following from within the music industry. And it ended up with me and Moz both getting jobs um, in music. Like Moz a lot earlier than me. He was working at record labels for years before I, I got my job at One Extra. But having the blog and like promoting it and like understanding social media, like how Facebook worked, how Twitter worked to promote things is what helped me get the job for One Extra because when I started in 2014, like there was no, well, there was Instagram, but like they weren't on Instagram. There was no Snapchat. Oh. There was no TikTok. Like it was just Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I just came in to like manage their social media accounts. And I say, to, I still say today, it's like the best job at the BBC. Like it's the most, really? yeah, for sure, man. It's like the most ah. radical job out there. Like yeah. it's right on the outside of what the BBC do. It's in the culture and the music that I love. And it's just like you get so much more room to experiment and play with ideas. Like because mm -hmm. it's because it is one extra. It's like the you know the the naughty kid to like in the yeah, in the BBC world. Do you know itchy. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's the naughty yeah. kid. So like you get a bit more license to like try things. Like I remember when and this is might be slightly going off topic, but I remember when we launched the one extra Snapchat account. Like it took months of convincing people that Snapchat is where we needed to be. And they wouldn't have done that. I think it was actually the first Snapchat account within the BBC. And that just goes to show how, how you get away with a little bit more because like yeah. they're willing to try stuff there because it is an important part of the network. It speaks yeah. to like a youth audience, but also it's like just a place where they can try things and see how they work and just then incorporate them across the yeah. So I was like, right, this job is sick. And I'm meeting like amazing artists. I'm working in the studios. It was like, incredible like, your dream sounds like your dream job by the sounds yeah. of it like in terms of what you would have aspired for so then you're at you're at bbc one extra you've got this wicked job you can kind of sort of you know take risks you're doing well and then why did you leave so talk us through sort of what made you decide to go on a different path from there so winding it back to before one extra mm -hmm. in around 2000 and I mean, I don't even really know what year it was, if I'm honest, but 2012, 2013, um, I was working in advertising for a, an ad agency called Grey London. Um, and I just, I, I was with uh, an ex-girlfriend at the time and I just wasn't very happy in my life. Like I was very like, not, and I hate using the word fulfilled, like the word fulfilled, but like, I just felt like an, a dullness, like an emptiness in my life, like mm -hmm. just like a pointlessness even. And this is like what kind of set me off my personal development journey is like, I remember having okay. a conversation with my girlfriend and this is, and this is why I'm going back to it because it relates back in. Oh, okay. And yes. I remember having a conversation with my girlfriend at the time and we, well, it was more of an argument <laughs> and we were, we were arguing and I, anyway, I'm not, I, I'll, cut, I'll cut this part of the story short because this could be a long story within itself. But anyway, we, we got to this moment where she was like, why aren't you saying anything? And mm -hmm. something clicked in me where I realized she kept saying like why aren't you saying anything why aren't you saying anything and something clicked and I was just like what's going on and I clocked like what I was doing was just like she was saying stuff to me mm -hmm. I was replying but to me I was replying out loud but I was only having the conversation in my head wow. and I realized that I'd been doing this throughout my life so much and it was just I, I can't even explain it it was just like a real like a, a moment of awakening and realizing like actually I'm very not okay with where I'm at in my life right now and I fell back on the bed and I started crying she was like, what's going on? Like, why are you crying? And I was like, I could only say, like, I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like myself. And that that moment there is a real core moment that set me off on, like, this personal development journey. So, like, before I'd got to Grey, 
uh, sorry, before I got to one extra, I realized that I was trying to figure out my life and I'd landed like this dream job. So I was thought like, wow, I've like really sorted my shit out. Like I really figured out life. I've like clocked it almost, but I continued like behind the scenes, like, you know, listening to podcasts that really inspired me reading like loads of self-help, self-development books, like all of that stuff, like meditating, started exercising for the first time in my life when I was like, Yeah. well, I say exercising first time. I mean, like joined the gym for the first time <laughs> in my life when yeah. I was like 27. And I was like, I just on this really, I felt really good in myself. I was on this really amazing path. And I started to notice that a lot of the work I was doing at One Extra, as much as it was founded within the social media and like, you know, being the voice of One Extra and creating content and all that sort of stuff. I was doing a lot of work within the building, like helping like the interns, like building, like I just have this like vibe of wanting to help people all the time. Mm-hmm. And then like, because because of that, I started my podcast in the moment with Alex Manzi, which actually was originally called, called Dreamer's Disease back then. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so I yeah. started the podcast <laughs> and I started interviewing loads of interesting people in music. So I was like, oh, well, I want to listen to a podcast where people are, like they get the host is speaking to guests that I'm interested in, not just like these big American podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't yeah. find one that was like interviewing like this DJ or like that music person or like that photographer. So I was like, I'm just going to start it myself. And putting that together, like the podcast, putting that, starting the podcast and putting that together with, um, like all of the work I was doing with like helping interns and you know like all that sort of stuff at work and the social media work people were like coming to me a lot like for like advice and help and stuff like that and then like I just remember there was a guy that I did some work with like maybe six seven years before that who was a coach a life coach it was the first time I'd really heard of like what's like what's a coach like I don't who, who, who do you coach what like I don't get it like to me coaching is like football coaching like sports coaching and um I reached back out to him and I was like hey John don't know if you remember me I'm I'm assuming he did um I'm really interested in what you do as a coach I'd love to like catch up with you and I told him a bit about the podcast and stuff and we had this really amazing conversation when we caught up and he was telling me about all the work that he does with people and I was like wow that sounds a bit of me like that that's like that's what I want to be doing. And like my podcast has kind of taken sh- taken the shape of that over the time. So I got to a point at one extra, I'd been there like four and a half years, nearly five years. And I was desperate to leave, like not in a bad way. Like I loved it. Like I'll never say anything bad about that place and like the enjoyment I got out of working there. But yeah. I got to a point where I just felt like I, I needed to go on to the next like chapter of my life. Like that was an amazing chapter. It was the best chapter of my life up until that moment. Awesome. But I wanted yeah. to go on to the next chapter. So I stepped away from one extra and just started doing freelance social media work. So obviously I needed to pay bills and stuff. Yeah. Um, and while I was doing that, I was building a podcast. I was exploring this coaching thing more and more. And I just, I just fell in love with it. Like the coaching, the idea of the coaching, like the buzz, the, you know, obviously the podcast, making the content, like that's what I do at my core. That's what I've done for five, six years, you know, or if you want to go back to the blog, like 11 years. Yeah. Like, so that's, that's always been your thing then, I guess, yeah, in terms like, of to create creating content. Yeah, yeah. In one way or the yeah. other. Yeah. And then putting that together with like this passion for like wanting to help people and like sharing my own learnings through my own self-development, like it just like, it was just like coaching just seemed like the perfect thing to be able to do all of that plus help people and get paid to do it. I was like, this just sounds like too good to be true. (laughs) And did you have to get qualifications to be a coach? Like what was that process like? Yeah. So, um, this was something that I asked John actually, I was like, what's, what's the deal? Like, because 
Like there's loads of courses out there. It's not like you go yeah, to like a, a university and you learn coaching. There's like course on course on course. So I said to John, like, what's the deal with all these coaches? And I did like a, a three week, um, no, no, for, not a three weeks, sorry, a, a free weekend. That's what I meant to say. A free weekend, mm-hmm. like taste up thing for like some coaching course company. Um, that I can't remember what they were called now. And I spoke to John about it and he was like, yeah, he was like, I was like one of the first people to do their like courses. He was like, okay. it's not worth it. And I was like, I didn't expect him to <laughs> I thought, say that. I thought you were going to say, oh, God, like, it, was, it was really good. And then... <laughs> I was like, what you, like, what? What do you mean it's not worth it? And he goes, you just like, you don't learn, like you learn some basic stuff. He's like, the best mm-hmm. way to learn about coaching is to get experience. Get experience. Gosh, interesting. And get a coach. Because it's not, it's not like you, you're just helping someone. You're not, you know, I'm not professionally advising anyone how to like train their body or I'm not professionally advising I'm not I'm not PT yeah I'm not diagnosing people with like mental illness or whatever I'm just helping people and we have conversations and and that's it and I help them see the truth in what's actually going on and I just keep bringing them back to this truth and that's it so Mm -hmm. it's not it's not a regulated in a way and that sounds bad but it's not it is Mm -hmm. regulated but it's not regulated with by uh needing to have a qualification or a certificate to say you can coach yes it helps don't get me wrong like i would Mm -hmm. probably if i hadn't spoken to john i probably would have done like as many courses as possible to learn as much about the business but i also see what john was saying and that just getting the experience of coaching and working with people is the best way to learn it's like you can't you can't learn how to play football by watching youtube videos and reading books about it you have to go out on the grass and take a ball and start kicking it around mm-hmm. and, and that's essentially, yeah. essentially what i did as a coach was got the ball started kicking it around in the grass mm-hmm. and learned that way but i think you, you've got a good point because even for me because I'm, I'm in a similar field and you know coaching and mentoring uh, women and when i was kind of starting out I thought oh you know I'd have to do some kind of credentials to kind of get people to take me seriously and I'm like hold on a minute how many people have I helped like that's your credentials like your 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 testimonies people that you've helped Mm -hmm. and like you're saying just doing it but what other things do you do to kind of like upskill yourself like do you what kind of books do you read podcasts like what other things you do to kind of give you those skills yeah so that's a that's a great question um all of what you said really like listen to podcast like I'm, I'm i'm very like into a lot of stuff right so mm-hmm. that can be anything from like body mobility to like consciousness stuff to like buddhism to like learning about some sort of like um philosophy like i'm not i'm not like super super into it but if i mm-hmm. get into a, a rabbit hole of it over a course of a few weeks i'm like consuming stuff and i'm learning from it and the beautiful thing about what I do is I, because I don't necessarily have a rule book when I coach, I'm not like, right, we're going to take you through this, this and this program. And we're going to create like, okay, we might talk about what we want to work towards, but I'm going to, there's no rule book to it. It's like, I take a bit of this from Buddhism. I take a bit of that from, you know, um, understanding natural living. I take a bit of that from elsewhere. And I take a bit of this from when I've been coached and I take a bit of that from other clients I've worked with. And you just sort of make a like a recipe out of it you know mm-hmm. and and work with that and and the beautiful thing is you, you can always continue to add to that so the more that I read the more that I, I I work with my coach and go on that journey the more I work with clients the more I listen to podcasts that inspire me the more that I you know just live my life and do the things that I enjoy and have fun and like try to work on my own relationships and try to work on my own you know, uh, mental health and my own physical health and emotional health and spiritual health, the more it feeds back into what I do. So it's like a constant, like, 
thing it's not you know you can take inspiration from anywhere and i think that's the beautiful thing like i was talking to my coach the other day and he was telling me how like what he's learned from watching transformers <laughs> and i was like <laughs> like it's, it sounds mad right actually like that's, isn't that some dumb film and like some dumb cartoon but like the way he was talking about it, he was like explaining it like it was like he was talking about consciousness and ego and i was like Wow, this guy's really like watched Transformers with like a different level. A different lens. Yeah, like a lens of like, what can I take from watching this? Mm. And this is the approach that I learning. Yeah, and this is the approach that I've taken to like listening to podcast. Like I could be listening to a a podcast about creativity or breath work or you know whatever or like just some actor on on Joe Rogan or something. And I'm always like, okay, what can I take from this? What can I learn from this? And when you apply that to everything you know you have a conversation with your friend you like whatever it is watch a, a netflix series you whatever it is like you can take stuff from it and when you start yeah. to be able to do that and then apply that learning and see that learning happen in your own life you're always constantly feeding yourself with new with new um learnings and new things to like you know apply and and do in your life but i guess also as well it's it's i think you've experienced some of the challenges that maybe certain some of your clients may be going through I mean if we just kind of go back a bit you mentioned you kind of had this I don't know if it's if it's the right term but some kind of breakdown or kind of difficult period where you weren't really sort of happy with the way that your life was going so how did you get yourself out of that Mm. just through I guess trying things right so and and this is where like my personal experience becomes invaluable as a coach because like you said I've I've gone through stuff right and not everyone's journey and not every everyone's stuff from the past and traumas and all that sort of stuff is the same right mm-hmm. but I can apply what I learned through that process and how I um how I learned through that process to a conversation with someone about what they want to get from their life so for me, it was it was about exercising more. It was about meditating. It was about really slowing down my life, being more open with my feelings and being more vulnerable about what I was actually feeling at that time. Um, on top of, like I said, the reading and the listening to inspirational podcasts. It was like one on one hand, I was like opening up to more of myself. And on the second hand, I was like lighting a fire under this new all these new discoveries that I was making about myself through the content that I was consuming. So they kind of worked together to um just put me on a path. And that, you know, that path path continues. Like I'm in no way perfect. I'm in no way like the mighty Buddha sitting on top of the mountain shining down on everyone and telling them like everything <laughs> they should be doing. Like yeah. I'm I'm very much on this journey as well. And I think that's well, I don't think I know that's what works really well with my clients is like I can talk to them about the real stuff that I'm going through and then we can talk about how those learnings can apply to them. And then we'll, you know, we'll try and find some blocks in there. We'll try and work through some story that they're telling, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, 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 exp- and again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you, if you haven't been through stuff, you can't be a coach. Like that's, yeah. it's yeah. just, it's just like knowing. But it helps, you know, it helps. It helps live, lived experience. Yeah. And again, it doesn't like, it doesn't have to mean you were depressed and suicidal like I was. It doesn't mean that you had to have gone through something really horrible when you're a child it could just mean that you like decided that meditation was your vibe and you got loads for meditation like whatever it is it doesn't have to be this big like event but like understanding and seeing transformation in your own life helps you to understand that this work works essentially 
did you get any type of like counseling or anything or was it just you you worked on yourself as in uh I had I had therapy so when I when okay. I had that com- that breakdown in front of my girlfriend her mum funny enough well luckily enough or however you want to look at it it was it was a therapist mm-hmm. so oh, that's cool. yeah so we went downstairs and we spoke to her straight away like within mm-hmm. half an hour of me having this breakdown and I tried to explain what was going on and she obviously she couldn't work with me because I was her daughter's boyfriend at the time so you can't have like mm-hmm. conflict of interest or whatever so she recommended mm-hmm. me to um another therapist colleague of hers and I went to like five or six sessions with this lady and I just was not on the vibe I was not on the vibe. I just didn't feel it. Like, I didn't feel like we were connecting. I, I didn't feel like she got me. I didn't feel like she was really understanding the things I was trying to explain. So I just stopped. I just phoned her up and I said, look, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot better than when I started. I want to thank you for your help, but I don't think it's something I want to continue right now. Okay. And um, and that's when I like really just doubled down on like, okay, understanding more about myself and I just you know, I, don't, I don't want to use the word, word like self-taught because it's not self-taught it's like I just put myself through the through the work and it's not easy like don't get me wrong like it sounds like lovely and light and funny and yeah, like a but fe- it's, it's called work for a reason yes. it's hard work doing this self-development and working 100 yeah, like stuff comes up like stuff yeah. you're like like if you've been hiding away from some fear or some belief for years and all of a sudden yeah. you're like bringing yourself to a place where you can face it that's yeah, it's scary not that's that's it's intimidating like there's a lot of stuff to mm-hmm. deal with and do and it's like and that but that's what makes it so fulfilling because you can do this stuff and you go wow like i learned so much and i can see how, I, how i've grown through this process so the next time something faces you that's a bit of a challenge you can go okay well what did i learn from last time and apply some of that mm. and that big challenge all of a sudden doesn't seem that big anymore whatever that is it could be a work thing that could be a relationship thing that could be just a personal thing like whatever yeah. I've had that I've learned that actually that that's one of the big that's been one of the biggest lessons is when I've had like difficult challenges and you know like because I run my own business in and that's just every day is there's always challenges but I have when I remind myself okay like a few years ago this happened and you were able to navigate it that's actually helped me mm. so much more actually thinking back to when I have dealt with even worse situations and then I feel like less anxiety and I'm able to kind of deal with the challenge that presents itself on that day so I think that's really key in terms of just thinking back to when you've Mm -hmm. um, accomplished something but so in terms of like just getting like doing the work and kind of getting yourself to a better place you say it was um mainly kind of working on yourself looking at you know the holistic process you mentioned around exercising and eating right getting your mind right but with when it comes to men, when we look at it, men globally, so men have the highest rates of suicide, for example, and there is a lot of taboo around men opening up. So, I mean, you mentioned in your breakdown, you were able to, I guess, speak to your girlfriend at the time. But I mean, what do you kind of say to some of your male clients or maybe men that might come to you around their struggles of opening up? What would be like your advice or what are your thoughts on that? <clears throat> I think... I think first of all, I think I think what really helped me was in in that moment with my ex-girlfriend when we, when I had that breakdown, I kind of like I can't I, I kind of like got to a point where I decided that I'd had enough of how I was living. So mm-hmm. to me, that either looks like you change something or you end it, right? Mm. And to me, 
the change seemed more enticing because I felt like there was still so much I had to give to to life, right? Mm -hmm. So what what I kind of did was like really committed to like creating transformation, right? And part of that was was saying to myself, okay, well, I'm not going to beat myself up for not knowing how to speak about how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have a clue because I've never been taught this shit. So I'm yeah. not going to I'm not going to make myself feel bad. That's like someone who can't yeah. speak French making themselves feel bad for not being able to speak exactly. French like because you, you don't know. You, you don't, don't know, you don't know. You don't know how. Yeah. Like don't mm. piss yourself off by like winding yourself up that you can't do it. And that, yeah. and that's what I kind of said to myself was like, right, I'm I'm just going to try my best. Like I'm going to I'm I'm not going to be perfect. It's probably not going to be easy, but I'm going to try my best. So like, you know, speaking to my girlfriend at the time, speaking to like close friends, um like family like stuff and it took me a while the family one if i'm honest but like Mm -hmm. just opening up that avenue really helped like i can't tell you because it's like a load of relief and pressure came off my back because i was like wow i don't need to be ashamed that i don't know how to talk about what i'm feeling and i'm I'm still learning this like my girlfriend now she's like constantly onto me of like Oh, like I'll, I'll be like, oh yeah, like I'm recording a new episode of podcast today after like a three month break or whatever, and she'll be like, well, you didn't tell me you were going to start recording again because like, I don't, I don't compute things like in it's a, the communication. Yeah, I don't aspect, like yeah. if I've if I've said it to myself, then I've I've said it like <laughs> I've told I've someone in my mind. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That that's how my minds work. Like if I've fought a bad thing in my past, like I've I haven't I've said it, so I haven't I felt like I don't need to communicate it outwardly to people. But having that open level of communication is an absolute game changer. So I think the first thing I would say to anyone is just, even if you just say to your pal, you're like, bro, you know what? I'm not feeling like myself right now. Mm -hmm. The door is flung open. That door is flung open, right? And your friend will be like, what do you mean? Like, we talking about? And then you have to try and explain it. And that's where it can get hard because you don't really know what you're talking about. But if you use like try and describe it the best you can even if it sounds shit like you've opened that level of communication so now you're you and your boy are in the same place talking about the same thing and he's aware of it you're aware of it and then you might think oh actually that felt really good i'm going to talk to my partner about it i'm going to talk to my mom about it i'm going to talk to like you know this person about it and then all of a sudden like these little things start happening and you you're able to feel more comfortable saying like oh yeah i just don't feel like that great right now or you know, I've been going through some stuff where I'm like, you know, really stressed at work and I feel like I'm not, you know, whatever. Like, there's just so much power that comes from it. So, like, definitely just being open and and actually, like I said, being willing to be open and stop beating yourself up about the fact that you're not. Yeah. That's the yeah. big game changer. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it's interesting how you said it. It's just so simple. Like, even if you're not sure, because sometimes I have days where I just feel off. And hearing you say that, just to say, you know, I don't feel like myself right now. At least it's something. Because sometimes, I sometimes have um, occasions where I won't say anything. I don't know what it is. I just know I feel off. But I love how you said, just say it. Because you don't have to know why you're feeling off. Just let people know that you feel you're feeling in Mm -hmm. a way. So I'm definitely going to take that as a learning. Because I think even as as a female... I struggle with that as well. So I know men struggle more so, but so do do women as well. And I mean, for me as well, and I know a lot of people, especially with the pandemic, right, we're coming out of it. And it's weird because when the pandemic started, 
I have anxiety, like I've had it for so long. Um, anyway, but when we went into the pandemic, like my anxiety just went like through the roof. What would you say, like what, what advice would you give people who are now like anxious about returning, I guess, quote unquote, no, like life as normal? Mm-hmm. What would be your advice to people like myself well, who are th- a bit anxious this, about that? This is going to be as much advice to myself as it is anyone else. Because like, <laughs> I I'm, I feel the same. Like, I, I, yeah. I'm quite like a a closed in person like I'm I'm you know some people would say introverted or whatever right mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong you can be extroverted as well as introverted at the same time yeah. but like for me like I like my own space I like time to just like work on my things like I can still be sociable but like it for me lockdown situation was quite nice because it meant I didn't have to go anywhere I, there was no pressure to like go to the pub or like go on nights out I don't particularly want to go out on and all this sort of stuff yeah. so like coming out of that I'm like oh wow like like straight away my mates in the whatsapp group are like oh yeah we got we got like you know get a big boys night out and i'm just sitting there thinking i really don't fancy that one bit like (laughs) not at all i know some of them are gagging for it and i'm just like not for me so like all of these new options are now opening up to a possibility right and the thing that i've realized is happening is it's not the fact that you know freedom day has come and everything's opening up a bit more that has changed the way that I'm feeling, right? It's just Mm -hmm. my thinking about the situation that has changed because when I was in my own space and I could do my own thing and there was no like, I didn't feel like I had to go to places or like go on nights out or like do things I didn't necessarily want to do is probably the best place to bucket all of that stuff. I was calm, right? But then all of a sudden like, oh, freedom day. And I'm thinking like, shit, now I'm going to have to like, the boys are going to want to go out. How am I going to tell them I can't do it? Like, and then, oh, I'm going to have to get the tube again, like to go to this place. And like, it's just my thinking that's changed. And now I feel Mm -hmm. anxious because my feeling of anxiousness is reflecting my thinking. So like, if Mm. you can even just acknowledge that that is what's happening, like you can challenge yourself on this. And this is something that I did with my um, coaching group this week. So I sent them out like, you know, between our sessions and said, Like this, what I'm talking about, that your feelings are only ever a reflection of your thinking in any moment, play with this idea throughout the week. If you, someone gets in front of you on the bus and pushes in front of you and you feel annoyed, just stop yourself for a second, recognize you're doing it. Stop yourself for a second and say, am I doing this because that lady's pushing in front of me and it's made me annoyed? Or do I feel annoyed because it's reflecting the thinking I have right in this moment about the situation? And there's no right or wrong in terms of like, it's wrong to feel annoyed. It's right to not be annoyed by it. Like, of course you're going to be annoyed. I'd be pissed off, but I'd know that like that annoyance is coming from the way that I'm thinking about the situation, not because the lady pushed in front of me. And you can apply that to every situation, every event that happens in your life. And I, yeah, like I said, I sent my, my coaching group out this week and I was like, play with this idea, like recognize it's happening because the sooner that you recognize this is happening, the sooner so much changes for you. And when I started to remind myself, actually, it's just my thinking that's changed about Freedom Day and what it means, all of a sudden my anxiety levels came down and down and down and down and down. I felt a lot more calm, like, cool. Like I can still go about doing the things that I'm doing, but now I have even more choice in terms of where I want to spend my time and who with. That's actually quite cool. It doesn't mean I have to do everything, but I have like a, a good choice of stuff that I can do again. Like, and then I was like, actually, that's quite exciting. So I, I was no longer anxious. I was actually excited by the possibilities of the stuff that I could do. You're right. It's, I think you're right. It's like, well, I don't think, I know you're right. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, it's the thoughts 
that and we can change the thoughts right so like you're saying the situation like we're thinking about the freedom days that's now happened and when we're now coming out of this pan- pandemic but we can change our thoughts and how we think about things um that can make a real difference because sometimes you kind of I think I struggle a lot when something bad happens right I see it as this thing Mm-hmm. rather than my thoughts and how I'm reacting to that. So I think this has happened and this is it. It's shit. Like, what am I going to do? But I think hearing you say about how it's your thinking really kind of just kind of really hits home for me in, th- in terms of, okay, I'm going to be more conscious now this week about, okay, like what's happening? Is it how I'm feeling or my thoughts about this situation? So, mm. yeah, I like that. And Jen, do you know what? I'd, really I'd, I'd even challenge anyone who's listening to this to like, give that a go as well like in your own life mm-hmm. just recognize that when you feel anything happiness sadness joy anger annoyance like anxiousness just like notice that you're doing it and say is this happening because it's a reflection of my feelings and just realize uh, a reflection of my thoughts sorry and just mm-hmm. realize what's going on because when you realize that like i said it opens up so much more um like possibility because you can't you can't necessarily maybe change the original thought that you've had right if someone's pushed yeah. in front of you in the line you're like what's this woman doing you can't change that thought but you mm-hmm. can change the way that you respond to the original thought and mm-hmm. that response can just be like okay i'm annoyed for like 30 seconds and that's it i'm done now yeah, i'm just that's it okay let's get on with it when's the bus yeah. leaving <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i think you're right i think people just need to sometimes just take a step back and pause you, you touched on your podcast um, in the moment and you know it's so like when I was just thinking oh my gosh 250,000 downloads that's incredible it's so successful um, and there's just so much like you know life-changing content on there that you've produced and you've kind of gone against the grain so you've got this super successful podcast that's not stereotypical you know what I mean about popular culture for example or kind of genres that people mm-hmm. maybe blog about right it's actually something positive and sometimes that can be quite tricky to kind of get off the ground but how did you make this go so far and so wide um <clears throat> I guess consistency's played a big part like it's only it's only been you know a few months ago that I I stopped recording for a short break because I just I was like so burnt out from like mm-hmm. four years of like recording and constantly releasing podcast right but that consistency is what stood me so well right so I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't change that but that's definitely been a big thing and I think the other thing it was just like when I started the podcast I was coming at it from a place of like I just want to hear these people's stories I want to hear what motivates them I want to understand what makes them click I want to understand what's got them to the position that they're doing it could be as a DJ or an artist or a uh, music label manager or whatever because a lot a lot of my early guests were like people within my close network in mm. terms of people I'd worked with or like just people that I found really interesting and in what they were doing and then it's just like it grew like people wanted to hear this stuff like I think like you said like at the time when I when I was listening to podcasts like and I first really got into them I couldn't find another British well like big British bo- mm-hmm. podcast that yeah. was about mental health self-development conscious living you know just people's stories I couldn't find anything it was it was all like Lewis House School of Greatness um like all of these very American yeah all these big American guests and they were speaking like big American podcasts and they were speaking to big American guests they were speaking to like Mm -hmm. Kevin Hart and like you know Will Smith and like Tony Robbins and I was like I can I can still learn from these episodes don't get me wrong and like every now and then I still listen to Lewis but I'm like Mm -hmm. 
where's the people that I relate to? And I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I didn't look that hard, but I couldn't find a podcast mm -hmm. that was like that. Right. And it's interesting because like, I, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and I was like, I really feel like my podcast was the first big inspirational podcast in the UK. Like, because, mm -hmm. you know, since then, you know, like there's like Russell Brand has his podcast, like Fern Cotton, there's like Dr. Yes. Rongan, there's like all of these amazing names in the space that are doing a very similar thing. And I'm like, I'm so happy for that. Like I used to be really resentful, like, oh man, like, you know, like I'm never going to be able to get this guest because they just want to go and like Fern Cotton or whatever. Yeah. But now I'm just like, actually, it's amazing that there's these big name people who are like mm -hmm. putting their name to such a beautiful concept of like yeah. wanting to help people through having interesting conversations with people. But I think also you know you are an innovator right so you saw this gap and you got in there first and I think what resonates with people is your listeners know that this is not just a, and this is no disrespect to these celebrities but it's not just a, oh I just want to just kind of get my name out there and still be relevant right like you know you you're very authentic and there's and you really kind of, you're coming from a sort of a sacred, genuine place. And I think that really does, as a listener, you can really tell. So I think that's really important, I think, for people to know that whatever you're doing, um, people can tell, like, mm. if you're just trying to sort of keep your name relevant or if you're just, you've got a different ulterior um, motive. So I think it really stands out. And and I mean, if that's not enough, yes, yeah, so you got your, your podcast, you did your coaching, you um also are an author and i wasn't sure did you self-publish or is your your book you self-published yeah, self why did it. you why did you decide to self-publish rather than you know get a book deal with a publishing house <laughs> um i think i think there's two things really at play i think maybe the belief in myself that mm -hmm. you know i wouldn't be able to get a publishing deal like i, I believe that okay. i can but i just yeah. maybe there was a little bit of that like at play <laughs> Two was probably like the effort of just pitching and stuff. And three was like, do you know what? Like, I'm gonna if I put it out myself, like I, I've got full control. Um, I can choose when I want to put it out. I can, you know, put what I want in it. I can and just tell people about. It. I can like I've got people who listen to my podcast. I got people who follow me on Instagram. Like, if I sell 20, 30 books, like that's a huge success to me. And I was like like why not like just and it goes in your pocket as well there's no yeah, there's, taking yeah there's none of that yeah. like don't get me wrong there's still like you know i have to do all the postage and packaging myself like all of that stuff but and get like when when i run out of copies i have to get new ones printed i had to mm. design everything but i just i really enjoyed the process of it and and there's a part of me that was like actually if i do this by myself i i understand the process of writing creating designing releasing a book so next time when I write a book and I want to release it, if I go to a publisher, I have a better understanding of the mm -hmm. process. So I can like even just talk about that with them. And like I can I can see where maybe things might need to be changed or done differently or whatever. Like it's just, it's never not going to be helpful either way. Exactly. And I know there was, um, there was one author, I, her name has just escaped me, but she wrote this uh, career book. And I remember she self-published it. And then, like, literally years later, it got picked up by, I think it was, like, a HarperCollins, and they mm. just republished it again. Mm. So I think you're right. I think it's yeah. good in just just to get started. If you've got if you've got an idea or you've got something that you want to send out into the world, just send it out, yeah. I think, is really... And, and do you know what? The, the other thing on that as well that I just remembered is I was actually going to 
make it a free download to begin with so that was all a part okay. of the reason as well was like i was just yeah. making it as a so i already released a book the year earlier mm-hmm. um called daily positive which was a, just a free ebook download and i was going to do the same with this and i had a conversation with a friend at, um in a park or a barbecue or something like when we had that little summer window last year when we were actually allowed out and he said to me why don't you sell it like why are you giving it away for free why don't you just sell it and i was like yeah, I could probably do that. I just need to figure out all the logistics on how to get it on my website and all that sort of stuff, like how to do the money transactions. But like, yeah, cool. Like that sounds like a good idea. And it, gi- and it gives the book more value because, mm-hmm. you know, when you pay £8 for a book, you're going to read that book differently to if you just downloaded exactly. it for free. Yeah. I always struggle actually because with me, because I, I did, because um, I put out a careers e-guide about how to land like a dream job, for example. But just for time, I haven't necessarily bought anything else out, but I do struggle because I, I charge for that. But then, like, I do struggle with that, like how, like when to sort of put free content out or when when to charge. But I think you know, you kind of said something really key in terms of just the value. Like mm-hmm. you have to put, even if it's like a pound. Like I feel like in this like day, everything is so free. Like everyone's used to just like consuming stuff for free. So I feel like yeah, having that value, I mm. think is, um, yeah. And uh, like, yeah, you know, if someone wants a free book, I just send them in the direction of my other one. I just say, there's, mm. there's a free one there. Like you can, you can download that or like, you know, I, I might just send someone like a few chapters that I think is relevant to them based on the conversation we've had or whatever. Like I didn't, I didn't, another reason why I didn't go with a publishing company is like, I wasn't trying to make money from the book. Like I wasn't, I wasn't trying to make money. I just wanted a book to help people. Like, yeah. And it's like, if I could give it out for like a small amount, like self-published and like, why wouldn't I? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, we, we touched on a bit before though about, so a lot of the kind of, I feel that with Americans, especially, right. They just get self-development. Like Americans, they all go on to mm. conferences and retreats and books. And they are so into it. When you look at their TV, they've got, even their TV, there's a lot of kind of inspirational mm-hmm. stuff about how they can be, you know, positive people and make a change in their lives. I've always felt, and I still feel the UK is so behind, like to get people in the UK to think about, you know, mindfulness and how you've got to really invest in yourself. It's slowly coming up, but we are quite behind. Like we're down in the pub where <laughs> we are living our best lives. Like what, do the work? Are you kidding me? How have you found growing a business that's about sort of all of those things in a culture where not many people are kind of on board <laughs> yeah no I, I you know I, and I think we are way behind America but we're on we're on the move of it which is great right and I think yeah. that that's why there's you know more and more people doing this kind of stuff you know be it coaching mm-hmm. or podcasts or writing about it or whatever like because it's becoming more and more impactful for people right and for me it was just it wasn't necessarily about oh like it's not really that widely you know known like what coaching is like even now people like that I work with like they they didn't know what coaching was before I even had a conversation with them do you know what I mean so it's like Mm -hmm. people still don't really get it right so for me it was about okay well why don't I just go and like find people who are already in my network who could be interested in coaching or I can start a conversation and see if it leads to some sort of coaching relationship. 
And that's, and that's all I did. I just went like, you know, again, like I had the podcast was very much in this space. My Instagram content was very much in this space. So people knew from the outside what I was about, right? Be it people who listen to the podcast or people following me on Instagram or like friends and family. People know what I am about as a person because that's that's the stuff I'm interested in. That's why I make that type of content. That's why I do that stuff. So like one thing that I had to really get over was just actually telling people that I'm a coach. Like I would still like when I was freelancing and I was coaching, like starting like the beginnings of the coaching business. Like if someone says to me, what do you do? I would tell them about the social media work. I'm like, oh, I'm a social media freelancer. like that. And I wouldn't even mention the podcast or the coaching. Oh, now, wow. if someone's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a coach. They're like, well, ah, see. coaching yeah. what? And I'm like, oh, well, and I, you know, give, have a little bit of a conversation with them. And it's like, even that in itself is a game changer because you're you're putting yourself in the mindset of someone who is a coach. You're creating the um, what comes back to you just by mm-hmm. being it and embodying it. Yeah, that's so true. Recently on Instagram, I saw your Instagram um, down my rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you recently um, posted. Actually, you've done you've done a few posts about this. Um, how you've taken, you took a social media break. I think, or a break in general, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You were saying that you kind of realised that you were maybe a bit irritable. You weren't enjoying the things that you um, usually would. And I mean, why did you decide to sort of take that break? And then, what was that like? Like coming out of that, what were the benefits of doing that? Mm. Yeah, I was, you know, I got to a point where like last year, particularly because, you know, a lot of time at home, a lot of time to create, I was going hard. I was like putting videos out on YouTube. I was like recording and putting out like two podcast episodes a week. I was like mm-hmm. all over TikTok, all over Instagram. And I was just like really enjoying like creating so much stuff from such a place of like wonder and experiment. Because I'd also just got back from traveling for two months around South America in February before like pre-lockdown. So I had like, I was like in this really fresh open mindset and or mind space. And I was just like, just like channeling all of that into creating stuff. And then I got to a point where like, I just was, I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I just, I got, and you know, I've had the podcast for like over four years now mm-hmm. and I love it. I love recording. I love chatting to people, but I was, I got to a point where I was like, being really scared about like recording episodes and like really like worried about am I getting the right guests like have I done enough research and like the uh process of it became less enjoyable and I saw a TikTok funnily enough this guy and he's he's a psychologist I think and he said one of the biggest signs of burnout that he looks for is people doing something that they used to love, but now doing it from a place of fear. And I was like, mm. oh shit, that's me. Like, I feel that's me with content right now. I feel like I'm not, I just feel scared of it. Like I feel like yeah. overwhelmed. And then I had like a few weeks later, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's also a coach and he was just like, we were talking about it. And I was like, just, you know, feel creatively burnt out. Like, I wrote my book and put that out last year. Like it was so much stuff. And I was just like, I feel creatively burnt out. And he's like, why didn't you just take a, bro- a break from the podcast? Then? And I was like, I can't do that. He was like, why not? I was like, because I put an episode out every week. Like, I can't just take a break. Like, people expect that. He goes, bro, that's just a story. That don't mean shit. And I was like, oh, 
wow, you're right. It is like that's like I've got this story in my head that I have to release an episode every week because people are expecting the episode. But like if I took a break for four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, like people might miss the podcast. Yeah, but there's still 220 plus episodes they can go and listen to. Like I've done my service, like I've done my my thing. And like when the podcast comes back, like I had good faith in the people who listen to my podcast that they would listen to the episodes again because they'd be like, oh shit, like Alex is back, new podcast episode too. They'd be excited about it. And I wasn't seeing it from that way. I was seeing it from a place of like, oh, well, so insecure. Like I can't stop recording because no one's going <laughs> to, like, all my listeners are going to stop listening to me and whatever. And I, I just, and I just decided, right, that's it. I'm going to take a break. And I recorded an episode about it, put that out about why I was taking a break and going back to basics. And I wanted to really connect with like, the beginnings of why I started the podcast, which, you know, we was talking about earlier and I wanted to just reconnect with that. And I wanted, I said to myself, I'm not going to start recording again until I actually feel excited to start recording. And that, that buzz started coming back in like a few weeks ago and I've, you know, recorded a load of episodes since then I've put, depending on when, when this goes out, put one episode out that there's more to come. Like, and I just feel really excited about it again. And I think just sometimes you have to take that little break in order to reset yourself, allow yourself to rebalance and then find that that fun and enjoyment for the thing that you love again. Yeah, I can relate to that because I feel like, yeah, that burnout thing, I, I feel like I've just constantly been, I'm like, you know what, I need to take a break, but it's so hard. Mm. Um, but hearing you think about just going through those battles and just thinking sometimes you just got to do it and not worry because like you know sometimes you think okay well what's going to happen with this and you know will I still have a, a community after mm -hmm. I'm gone and all that kind of stuff and people sometimes think oh, what about my job but I think you know what you've shown is like you know whatever's you're kind of worried about will still be there when you return mm -hmm. and you just have to kind of regroup yeah, and I mean I, I, what was what was so gone I know I was just going to say like and you know what the most powerful thing in all of that is like it was me actually doing the work like I wasn't just like, oh, I'm yeah. going to take a break and like, oh, yeah, like a couple of weeks. Like, I actually fully took a break. I actually applied the thing that I felt I most needed at that time. And that's what, mm -hmm. you know, when we say like doing the work and really applying yourself and committing yourself. That's what it is, isn't it? That's what I mean. It's like I could have easily mm -hmm. said, oh, OK, I'm going to take a break. You know, didn't didn't record for a couple of weeks and then start recording again. And I'm still in the same cycle of thinking like it was about yeah. actually let me really have this break. Let me just not be scared about taking this break. Let me just really do it. And then coming back out of it, I feel so much more energized. I'm so much more clear on like just my path with the podcast and like where it stands like in my life and what it means to me. Like I was putting so much importance on it before. I was forgetting mm -hmm. actually, this is something I do for fun to like give people value so that it can inspire them to make a positive change in their life. Like why am I scared about this? Why am I overwhelmed by this? This is just like a hobby. Like, yeah, exactly. No, I think I think it's a good, good uh, something for for I think myself and my listeners to think about. Mm. Like, you know, looking for looking, recognizing those signs and actually doing something about it. I think I've been recognizing th these signs for like years, um, but I've never really taken a break. And I think I think we kind of see the signs, but I think it's, it's really important that message about you need to just, yeah, you need to sort of act. And when you're on that break, like you're saying, do the work, not just <laughs> you have your, your free days and you'll leave and you just come back and it's like, nothing's changed. I've had that. I, I tried to do this in the month of July where I was like, okay, I'm going to put like, you know, well being in my everyday. And so 
I took every Friday off in July and it just did nothing for me. Like I thought it was going to like help break up my week, but I didn't have the time to like really look after myself and just, you know, realign and check in with myself because it was just that one day. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think you've um, inspired me to actually think about when I can take a proper break to actually, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's different levels of it as well like i i needed like a long break or like mm-hmm. a you know medium length break whatever you want to call it sometimes like just having a weekend is fine like, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be like so um like big and like this big like announcement of like oh i'm taking a break like sometimes just have a weekend where you switch mm-hmm. off from work you switch off from you know get away your from, phone yeah your did you phone. put your phone on yeah yeah like like i'm super on that like just you turn off your phone yeah 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 my gosh <laughs> <laughs> that's actually doing the work but, and no just, phone switch yeah. off but do you know, oh do you know what Lord. it is like and and this is this is something that i've learned from holidays right is you know when you're on holiday and you go to the pool and like you might leave your phone in your room right you're not thinking yeah. like oh my god like i'm gonna miss this message i'm gonna miss that message i'm gonna like oh, like something's going to happen on Twitter and I'm not going to see it or Instagram. I'm going to have to catch up. Like You're not thinking like that. You're just enjoying your day at the pool with your friends or your family or whatever. And then when you go back to your phone at the end of the day... Ain't nothing there. There's nothing there. You haven't missed anything. <laughs> it's just your thing. your thinking is telling you that you're going to miss yeah. something. Like you don't miss nothing. Like, But you know what? I'm the kind of bad person. Mrs. Bart, oh, I need help. I was, I'm the one that's taking my phone <laughs> on by the pool because I'm just like, you never know. You know, I I really, yeah, I, yeah. You've, yeah. <laughs> I need and, to work on that. Yeah. And no it's, phone. It's not like just turn your phone off and be done with it, but like be like, calculate isn't it yeah like just i i say like no social media sundays that's my thing i don't go on social media on a sunday like i I can still use my phone so i might want to message people but i don't generally use my phone that much on a sunday because i'm not reaching for instagram i'm not reaching for twitter like just little things like that is like what i mean when i say and don't get me wrong some sundays i've like woken up and i'm like having breakfast and i find myself on instagram and i'm like oh like all right i'm not supposed to be honest today i don't beat myself (laughs) up about it I just become aware of it. And it's like, even in the evenings, I, like all of my apps go into um, uh, a screen time, what do they call it? They will lock at like mm-hmm. uh, half nine. So like after Ooh. half nine, if I want to go How on- How do you do that? If I want to go on Instagram, it asks me like, are you sure you want to go on it? Do you want to unlock this for like one minute? What app is minute? this? Is it- It's just on the this? iPhone. It's just in really? the settings. Yeah, it's called um, ah. downtime or screen time. Downtime, okay. I'm team Samsung, so I'm going to have to see if, yeah. if they've got I'm, one. I'm sure they'll That's have so something awesome. similar or you could probably download an app that does it. So like all of my mm. all of my apps on my phone go dark at half nine and I can't, That's so I, good. If, if I want to go on one of them, I have to choose the length of time that I want it to be open for and then it locks again. I so it's like just by putting that. that little thing in place, it stops me being on my phone so much in the evening. And even oh, that is that. so helpful. I need that for the day. <laughs> yeah, I have a social media addiction. So I need that for the day, yeah. the night. Um, I'm gonna try that um, that uh, thing. I'm look, look for that app on my phone, and I'm also gonna try um, no social media on Sundays because, like, just even when you think about it, what is the need mm. to be on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram on a Sunday? Like, there really is no need. So I feel like that's an easy kind of thing to do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. 
Okay, so before we wrap up, we had this game, mm-hmm. which is called the quick fire round. So we ask all our guests to kind of just, there's a few que- uh, questions I'm going to ask you and just fire off like a quick response or the first thing that, that comes to your mind. So my first question for your quick fire round is, what is on your joy list? Oh, um, skateboarding, being outside, going for walks, uh, spending time with my girlfriend, playing with my dog uh and watching marvel stuff on disney plus <laughs> tell us about the trip that changed your life or was the most memorable um <clears throat> backpacking around japan in 2019 with my two friends first time like, i've always been someone who goes away quite a lot yeah um like on little holidays and stuff but that was the first time i actually like backpack tra- traveled like wow. hostels like different cities, different places. And yeah. I came back an entirely different person, like honestly. Yeah. And it was only a month. Wow. If you mess up big time at work, this can be, I guess, in your business or work, who do you call and why? So if you mess up and you're like, shit, I have effed up. Who do you call? Who do you know that's going to like help you figure out what to do? Oh, my coach. My coach Sachin, 100%. Okay. Like, because it's work related. I'm straight on the phone to him like, bro, I don't know what to do. I just did this. Or like, we. I mean, we talk about that stuff in our calls anyway. Yeah. Um, like 100%. Like, And, and he, he's in Mexico at the minute. So I'd probably voice note him. I probably wouldn't call him because time difference. Oh, I that. see. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely, but he, definitely him. And he'll, he'll, he'll give you some kind of reasoning and, and help you figure it out yeah he'll calm me down and help me help me see like okay maybe what i could have done differently or what i can learn from it um and then yeah like next time something similar happens i'm more like equipped to do so mm-hmm. what has been the toughest time in your career probably when i was working in a factory when i was like 19 20 21 i was there for like mm-hmm. two and a half years i pretty much hated every day of it um after like the first like six months I was like I can't I just can't do this and it was I couldn't and I couldn't see a way out I couldn't see I didn't have like good a levels I didn't have a university degree like I was like I I can't see like what I'm gonna like how I'm gonna get out of this job like what am I gonna do what I didn't even know what I wanted to do like I was like I don't I, I felt like I was stuck there forever um but funnily enough that's that's around the time when me and my friends started our music blog and that was like an expression of creativity and just something fun. And it led on, that literally led on to everything else. So even, even that hard time of like working in a factory has literally led me to where I am today, which is mad. Because at the time you don't see that, you can't, you can't recognize that. But you, you know, when people say you've got to have the faith and trust the process, like that's it. Like, you know, you still have to do stuff, but just trust that you're going to, you know, find the right things for you. Such a, that's such a a powerful um story because I just feel it makes me feel like oh like my heart sinks because there's so many young people that are feeling like this at the moment and they just feel like oh there's not a way out but I think it's just hearing people's stories like yourself and sharing your journeys I, I just hope it inspires mm. them to keep going yeah and, um, and do you know what yeah. like before we go on to the next one sorry like where you are today is not where you're going to be in five years it's not going to be yeah. not going to be where you are in 10 years like just appreciate that see it for what it is just keep it moving Exactly, exactly. And my last one for you, would you ever work for someone else again? No. Why? 
just I don't I don't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, just like just, I'm done. I'm no. out. I'm tapped out. <laughs> no, because you, do you know what it is like? Because having your own business, right? There's a lot of responsibility. Like people like glamorize, like oh yeah, I've got my own yeah. business and I can Mm-mm. work when I want and I can like me, I can travel and work from my laptop if I really want to, right? Which is the kind of the life that I've always foreseen for myself and what I'm trying to build for myself. Yeah. So like I could never go back to working for someone else because I'm like, actually, I enjoy what I do far too much. It doesn't mean I, I might not work with other people. I might not do a collaboration or something, but I can't see me going back to like nine to five living because first of all, it's not that good for us. Second of all, you get trapped in the system when you do that. And third yeah. of all, like I appreciate my freedom and my time a lot more than I do how much money I earn. How long have you been um, like self-employed then for? Uh, including when I was freelance would be, I'm going to say three years. That's a long time. Mm. So yeah, you're in the groove, in mm-hmm. the groove. Wow, gosh. Well, I can't believe we're at time. I, mean, <laughs> I know, it's gone quick. Thank you so much. This has been like uh, the most enlightening conversation. I feel like, you know, I've got so many things that I've taken away, especially around like how to, you know, make some really important changes so thank you so much for being such a fab fab guest pleasure thank you for having me it's been really fun i really yeah really enjoyed it as well so appreciate you asking to have me on wow that was such an incredible episode and each episode we will have a debrief and download with the producer of this series ryan so welcome ryan Thank you for having me once again. (laughs) I love these downloads. I know, I know. I mean, there's been so many gems this series, so many gems. But for me, Alex was just very, it it just gave me so much food for thought about how I just move in this life. There was just so many things that resonated with me, especially like just how he's kind of like looked after his mental well-being and how that's like front and center of everything that he does. And I just took away, yeah, a lot of lessons in terms of, for me, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, running a business, leveling up, it's a tough thing to do on your mind. And then that usually trickles down into your body as well. And I think one of the main things that I got from Alex is that it's recognizing that, knowing when to, to take a break and to how to reframe taking a break taking a break is actually doing the work when you think about it because mm-hmm. you're on your full-time entrepreneur journey once you've jumped into that it's quite easy to frame like taking a break a weekend or going out or sleep even or reframing all of those things as negative but actually no the core of all of those activities is, is you and you need to be pouring from a, a full cup to the max yes. so actually doing the work is taking a break and recharging Exactly. And just not being afraid of that. I mean, I'm being more proactive about actually, even during my busiest periods, if I need to take out three days to just sleep, get myself together, I'm going to do that because I can't, like you said, pour from an empty cup. I can't give my clients the best. I can't give my team the best if I'm exhausted. So I definitely feel that was a light bulb moment for me. I like the fact that he's very productive. Like when he was talking about how he's managed to grow his podcast, especially for me relaunching this podcast series, I learned a lot in terms of like, he's so consistent every week he's putting out content and I've been slowly getting myself in that groove. 
But he's run a very slow and steady race. He's got maybe, what, 250K downloads of his podcast. But it's been a journey. And that was very inspiring for me to to kind of see that where I want to be at some point and that you have to just keep producing. Don't give up. Don't stop. And then before you know it, a quarter of a mil downloads. That exactly. Was really, exactly. Yeah. Really I love that. Oh, that is it's super inspiring. Yeah. And one of the other things that I really took from this is that he has a mindset on managing growth. We just spoke about mm. starting a podcast and then now he's over 250,000 downloads with some of the biggest guests around. And it's just about having a growth mindset of, I'm just going to show up and do the work today. I'm not going to be where mm-hmm. I am today in five years or 10 years. You just don't know where you're going to be. Yeah. But how do when I... your next break is going to come. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, mm. how, what is the framework to manage all of that and just be present? And that's definitely what I got from Alex is like, how do I just be present in this moment in my career, in my, in my venture, what can I learn from this? What can I enjoy from this as well? So that in five to 10 years, I'm not completely burned out just by like, yeah, yeah, yeah I need to do this, 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 this. That's the you know? thing. We burn ourselves out. We mm. burn ourselves out with that pressure. Yeah. And I just feel like he's very much at ease. He puts his content out. He, he published his own book, self-published, whereas some of us I'm pointing, I'm saying us, me and many people <laughs> would be like, I need to get a publisher. It needs to be big. It needs to be around the world and bookstores. But he's just like, no, I'm going to self-publish, put the book out there. Yeah. Easy peasy. It's like, he's just very kind of just like, look, it's all about, it's all about kind of having your purpose front and center. Mm. And it's not always about pressurizing ourselves because of other people's expectations. He, he seems to me, someone who marches to the beat of his own drum. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, um, and I, I love I loved that. Yeah, but that he's also had to go through some pain to get there. That's another lesson that sometimes you do have to mm-hmm. go through things to extract the gems out of it. And, and that's everyone that's listening to this podcast, I'd imagine would be able to resonate with that because sometimes mm-hmm. the lesson doesn't reveal itself until you've got a few scars. <laughs> do I know that? Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Sometimes you have to, the universe has to kick you down about five times before you actually realize, hmm, this kind of situation is toxic or my well-being is beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Exactly but I think it was quite interesting because I thought maybe he would kind of say, oh, you've been in deep therapy and, and, and all of that but he he hasn't necessarily gone that route in terms of when he's had his breakdowns Mm. he's kind of been quite methodical I don't know if that's his male if that's a male thing a men thing could be um but I thought that was quite interesting actually that he he kind of had that very simplistic way of looking at Mm. his mental health yeah definitely and utilizing all the resources out there and just knowing Mm. that okay I want to be a coach well firstly I need to apply the knowledge to me I need to get a coach Mm -hmm. and I need to be able to coach others. And that, yeah, basically that whole thing is about investing, investing in yourself in every way. And that's actually, I think the core of what his message is in this episode is that you need to invest in yourself. So rest, get Mm -hmm. a coach, coach others, you know, buy the book, uh, self-publish the book. Like all of it is betting on yourself, investing in yourself and recharging yourself so you can be the best you. Exactly. Yeah. I think that was really key. It's not just about being all fluffy, airy and fairy, really. There's there's a bit of kind of work-ish that you've got to do. Yeah. To get that peace of mind. Absolutely. Yeah, that was very, um, a lot to think about. Mm. A lot to think about. Great guest. <laughs> nice balance in between all the kind of chaos and the drinking and the gin and the champagne. 
this is a nice green tea nice you know, green Bello. tea in between the in, in between exactly the you're not gonna have a boozy night you know listening to this one this one's a very good kind of yeah yeah nightcap <laughs> yeah. nightcap yeah nightcap yeah. I, like that. <laughs> yeah. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and for joining me for After Work Drinks. If you learned anything from this episode, please do share with someone you think would benefit. Don't forget to leave me a comment with what you learned, along with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people like yourself find the show. Follow us on Instagram on at After Work Drinks Club. A special thank you goes to Blue Water and to Pure Creation Media for producing this episode.